It is no doubt the biggest party of summer. It is Rag Bri 50 coming to Carol on July 24th. Now the question remains, who is the headline entertainer? So that's what we're going to talk about today on Draftline, a limited time podcast devoted to everything Rag Bri for the summer of 2023. Just announced Pork Tornado is going to be the headliner for the Carol Ragbri event in July. Couldn't be more thrilled to have these guys coming around the area. That rounds out the whole uh, card of the night with Age Spirit, Scott Kirkhart, and Jesse Wilson, two and a half guitars, Wild Ambition, Piano Palooza, and finally the headliner, the Pork Tornadoes. Thrilled to have with us Mike Schulte. He's the drummer from the Pork Tornadoes. And first of all, Mike, we better make it clear right now, you have zero relation to any Schulte around here, so no free tickets for anybody named Schulte, right? That's correct. No free <laughs> tickets for any Schultes out there. In fact, you're going to have to pay to get in. I, oh. You're going to have to pay extra. <laughs> now, yeah, you a name like that. You're not originally from this area, are you? Even though you have the name Schulte, it's, like I said, zero relation going on there. Yeah, you know, I, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, actually, and my dad took a job in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, moved the family up there when I was in high school, and I swore that Iowa was the worst place ever, and I was going to move as soon as I had a chance. And here I am nearly, you know, 25, 30 years later. I love the state of Iowa. I love being an Iowan, and it's it's crazy how, how life brings you to a place you don't think you're going to stay, and then all of a sudden you're like – completely grateful that that moment happened you know i can completely agree i'm a transplant here grew up in south dakota and yeah now now i'm an iowan so through and through you guys are coming to carol headlining i mean how exciting is it to be a headliner at ragbri you know ragbri if you're if you're in a band in iowa or the midwest ragbri play just playing ragbri is is just an absolute statement thing you know just getting asked to be an opener is a privilege and we, back in 2014, we got lucky enough to open up for Dennis DeYoung on Ragbri in Hiawatha. And that was kind of our first taste of, okay, this is, this is a big deal. This is a lot of fun. There are so many people that are in such a great mood on this thing. We need to, we need to make it an effort to, to headline this you know, forever. So we've gone on to headline. I mean, I think this will be our fifth headlining show on Ragbri, and we feel that that we are a staple at this point on, on bringing a party, playing music that everybody can enjoy. I mean, we're, you said you just went down the rabbit hole. We play anything from five different decades, five different genres. And that's really, I think, what we pride ourselves on is Ragbri is so diverse and there's so many people with so many different backgrounds and musical tastes. And, and that's where we can really come to the, come to the table with, well, we got something for everybody. We're kind of, kind of like the Iowa weather. You know, if you don't like a song, <laughs> just wait another song or two. You'll eventually hear something you like. Absolutely. Now, is there anything different about a ragbri crowd? Have you noticed that? You guys have done it four times so far, fifth time coming up. Anything different about it? Yes, 100%. You know, when you're playing a, a ticketed concert or, or you're playing like a town festival, everybody's there to have a good time, but, you know, they've, They've had the worries of the day. Maybe they got out late from work and they're rushing to find a parking spot and they're thinking about tomorrow, how they got to go to kids' basketball game early in the morning. But with Ragbri, the best way to describe it is everyone's on vacation. You know how you go to, like, Mexico or something and, and everyone's just so friendly. You're talking to people you would never have a conversation with in your entire life, but everybody's so happy no cares in the world. That is a rag by party. And I think that is what elevates it to being one of the best uh, nights of the year for us as far as concerts go. Everybody's so pumped, so excited, so friendly. 
uh, we, we love it. Every single year we get a chance to be on stage in front of all those writers. Yeah, I've described it almost the exact same way. Everybody's in a great mood. You meet so many friendly people. You can All you got to do is just say hi to somebody, and you get their life story practically on Ragbribe. Yeah, 100%. Or anything you guys have experience with Ragbribe? You guys ever ridden on Ragbribe? <laughs> well, uh, funny story, you know, I'm not much, none of us are much of cyclists, right? You know, we've always just done the Ragbribe show, and we've done our part, and then you guys go do your part and go ride the thing, you know, but... Uh, a couple of years ago, I got kind of inspired by just being at Ragbri, and I said, you know, man, wouldn't that be fun if I if I trained a little bit and rode a day? And so this was this was we we uh, headlined Centerville. I think it was like 2019, and we put out a vote on our Facebook page that said, if this post gets, I think it was like 3,000 likes, then Mike will ride a day of Ragbri. <laughs> of course, within within hours, it it was over 3,000. So I trained. <laughs> I rode, we played that night in Centerville, and then I got up the next morning and rode 75 miles uh, to the next town with my mom, actually, and we had we had a blast. So much fun. That is a crazy story. You got, how much training did you do for that? Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. Uh, I, I think I had ridden about 400 miles in training for that, and I felt pretty confident, but I'll tell you what, by the time I got to mile 50, it was... It was a bit of a struggle. So actually what I did was I was planning on riding again in 2020, um, and I, I trained. I, I ended up riding about 1,000 miles in the summer of 2020. Obviously, there was no ragbri. I don't think there was a ragbri that year. No. I think everything was canceled. But uh, I ended up, that's the most I've ever ridden in my life was about 1,000 miles. But, uh, you know, life happens. I actually ended up having my first child, a, a lovely little daughter. And so the minute she came into this world, I don't think I've been on the bike since. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> they they are a great time suck. That's for sure. Those those little yes, kids. So congrats, <laughs> congratulations on that. You guys have played all over the state, really kind of all over the Midwest. Is there any place in the state of Iowa that you haven't played yet that you want to? I know you said you played private parties here in Carroll, right? Yeah, we've been in Carroll. I think we've played two different weddings in town in Carroll, if I, if I remember correctly. But we've not done a public show of any sorts in Carroll. I know we've been kind of in the surrounding areas like Lakeview and uh, Breda and stuff like that. But, um, you know, we've played, I think I tallied it up once. I think we, what is there, 99 counties in Iowa? Mm -hmm. I think we've played in some sort of fashion in about 67 of them. So that's like, we're getting there. But I'll tell you what, we haven't been much to like southwest Iowa. That, that's been a place where we have not done too many shows, but Northwest, North Central, Northeast, uh, just Eastern in general, Central Iowa, that's been our kind of bread and butter. I think you guys, by the way, you mentioned Lakeview, the Stone Pier Concert Series. I mean, just incredible. I think you guys hold the record for attendance at that show. Yeah, I think it was last summer that ended up, I remember people started showing up and you're going, okay, great, and the weather was nice. And I remember after the opener, which I think was uh, Scott Kirkhart. I think I was kind of hiding out back behind the stuff, and I looked out, and I go, oh, my God, there are so many people here. That was that was such a fun event. I love that little town and, and everything they've built uh, around that festival. I think it's I think it's one of the best. Yeah, so unique with the boats in the background and everything like that. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see you guys in that venue once again. But let's, let's talk about the band a little bit. Pork Tornadoes. Man, there is nothing that I don't love about the name Pork Tornadoes. <laughs> You guys said you went through a bunch of names to begin with, but stuck with that one. 
First of all, give me the story behind it and any other names you were, were in the running. Yes, Jim, this is actually our 15th year of being a band. You know, not, not all original members or anything like that. Mason and Corey were founding members, but I was not in the band. And, and the story goes that they just, every single show, they just kept picking a different name. Uh, which obviously turns out to be a terrible strategy if you want people to remember <laughs> you and know who you are. So marketing they, nightmare. I think they there. were like, <laughs> I think they were called Prophets of Doom, uh, Kissing Charity, Swallowers of Planets. I mean, just terrible, <laughs> terrible names. And so they finally said, you know what? Whatever our next name is that we come up with, let's stick with it. Let's try to make a run out of this. So. The story goes they were driving to, uh, they were just going somewhere, maybe to practice or something. And um, the radio announcer came on and said that a tornado had hit a pig farm in like Western Iowa. And he got all kind of FM DJ with it. He's like, it was a pork tornado. (laughs) You know, like funny joke. Yeah. And so they immediately looked at each other and said, that's a terrible name. That's our new name. Let's go with it. (laughs) And here we are 15 years later. Unfortunately, we can't change it. I remember the first time I heard it, and I thought, I love that name. Man, that's awesome. I've never forgotten it since. Well, and it's a ter- it's, it's very memorable. That's the one thing that works for us. <laughs> you don't forget it, and it catches your eye, but it also is pretty badly uh, just a, a description of what to expect when you hear us play, you know? <laughs> now, let's, let's talk about your you – you guys are all over social media. got a great social media game. First of all, do you guys do your own social media? you got somebody handling that. Yeah, that's actually me. You know, we once this band started taking off and becoming kind of a, a powerhouse, we knew that that we had to all kind of go to our strengths, right? You know, each member of the band brings something really great to the table in their in their field. So mine just happened to be marketing, advertising, video creation, all that stuff. And I said, guys, you handle you handle everything else and give me the keys to the to the social media engine and I'll run with it from from there. So that's. I, I think I, I went into the wrong field, but I think I probably should have gone into marketing and advertising in college. I tell you, I have gone down the rabbit hole on your videos so many times. It's not, it's hilarious. But who came up with the uh, the slogan, your girlfriend's favorite band and beard pop? I mean, those those are awesome. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think one day somebody, like a booking agent from out of state, asked us, well, what's your tagline? And we're like, what? What's a tagline? You know, because he, he was having trouble selling us based on the name and, and you know that so many bands nowadays you have gimmicks and shticks and that, that is pretty much how the cover band tribute uh, world runs now is is having some sort of a easy to sell shtick and we don't have it we've never had it so we just kind of sat down one day and said how do you best describe our band and those were two uh, hilarious things that we came up with <laughs> and I think it actually works pretty well you know there the the female demographic definitely loves our show and loves our band and so we always joke that all the guys in the crowd were just the ones trying to date the girls that were in the crowd so that, that girlfriend's favorite band was a very easy slogan and beard pop once we started growing beards uh you know and playing all these rock versions of pop music we felt that that fit really well anybody like uh, torment Corey for not having a beard well, you'll have to see him, man. He actually has oh. some scruff on his face now. He's actually he's actually got what resembles a beard on his face now. So I think we're good to go at this point. So he he caved to the pressure then. He finally caved. He won't admit <laughs> it, but he caved. Let's talk about some of your videos, man, because Tennessee Whiskey. You're a smooth. It's Tennessee Whiskey. 
escape. I mean, what a huge breakout for you guys. What, 7.3 million, I think, was the last uh, views you guys had on that? I think it's past eight now. I think it's over eight at this point. That's crazy. I mean, how mind-blowing is that? It's, it was huge for us. It was, I, I was always anti-YouTube, right? You know, like I, I said, oh, so you got to stick with Facebook. That's where you get all your instant views and you, you get your interactions. And YouTube always seemed like a black hole to me where there's just so many videos. I mean, Tennessee Whiskey probably has to be one of the most covered songs on the Internet. Uh, it's such a genre bender of a song, and everyone knows it. And so... We had recorded the song, we made the video, and, and a couple of the guys in the band said, ah, just put it up there, just put it on YouTube, see what happens. And so I did, fully figuring that nothing would happen, and somehow that video found the algorithm wave, and it, it just took off. It's, it's the most viral thing that we've, we've ever done, and it's, it's, been a, it's been a huge thing for us, just being able to be able to branch out of Iowa. I mean, there are people all over the world that are fans of us just because they've seen that video. And it just goes to show you the power of the internet and, and how if you put good things out there, you're going to get lucky at some point, you know, and, and it's been, it's been amazing. Yeah. Just the whole vibe of that video and Mason's voice is just incredible. So if, you, if anybody hasn't gone onto YouTube and looked Tennessee whiskey by, by pork tornadoes, you got to look at that. Another video, blinding lights. Did you guys actually get to drive those sports cars? Of course. We, that was <laughs> us in the car. Uh, we've got a friend here in Cedar Rapids. Uh, he, he runs Jet Set Auto. They've got all these crazy, awesome, collectible cars. And, and we, we had done something with him over COVID where we kind of did a sponsorship with him. And he helped us do some of our live streams. And we kind of, you know, made, we made him a really funny video at one point to use for a commercial. So, Part of that deal was saying, "Hey, man, at some point we wanna we wanna come drive some of your cars, and we, and we want to use it for music video." And yeah, so we did that. And I don't want to call someone out in the band, but I'm going to. I'm just not going to say their name. We did have one person in the band back up a very expensive car into a light pole and cause damage. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Did Did you own up to it right away, or just go, "Okay, hey, thanks for the thanks for the cars. We're going to be out oh. of here." We, we called him immediately, and he was, to his credit, he was fantastically cool about it. Yeah. So, you guys look like you have such a great time doing all that stuff, the podcasts and the videos. And, and I mean, you guys will talk about convenience stores and been ranking those and stuff. Is, is it fun making those videos and the music videos, things like that, or is it just kind of, is it a chore? No, it's, it's always, we're so lucky to do what we do and to, to be in a band that's been around for 15 years that, that has played all over the, the U.S. I mean, we're... We're incredibly lucky to have the fan base we have, to, to be able to find a group of musicians that all truly are best friends and truly do love doing things together. I know that's never the case for, for a lot of people. Even these famous fans, you know, you hear that they don't even hang out in the same room together. And that's, that's mind-blowing to me because of, of what I have. So any chance we, we have for a photo shoot, for a video, for a podcast, it's genuine. Um, if, if two people see it or a million people see it, it doesn't matter. We had fun making it, and, and it's, it's truly something we love doing. Let's talk about being a cover band, because a lot of cover bands will be kind of specialized in things, but you guys do pop songs and a lot of female pop songs, in fact. Uh, you give it your own little twist, though. One of my favorites is Time After Time, Cindy Lauper. Yeah, 
When I first heard that, I thought, that is a killer version. Yeah, you know, we all gave it a, a chance. We were all in original bands back in our teens and our 20s, and we, a lot of us went on tour, cut albums in different bands, and, and we never made it. You know, like, that's the dream of a musician is to, quote-unquote, make it in the in the music business. And, and so it's funny that all of our kind of successes and hopes and dreams have come out of being in a cover band, which we all swore that we would never do back when we were younger because it was selling out and all that stuff. But I think what, what we realized was is that you don't just have to walk into a bar and play Sweet Home Alabama and play all these, these brown-eyed girls. You don't have to do that. You can, you can take good songs that people love and you can change them up and you can make it more of your personality. And I think that's what we do. We take, we take these songs that everyone knows. Pop music, whether you like it or not, pop music is an incredible art form of, of writing melodies and earworms. And so we take some of those songs and we say, okay, let's add, let's add a little crunchier guitar. Let's, uh, let's change up the structure a little bit. Let's make it bigger than it, it was when it was recorded. And that's just what we love to do. And, and it's just cool that it translates to, to people when, when they hear the show. We hear so many people say, listen, I, we just opened up for, um, for Hairball in Omaha. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. 4,000 people that love hair metal, and we walk on stage and we play like a Lady Gaga song. And people came up to us afterwards and said, I cannot stand pop music and Lady Gaga, but if she sounded the way you just played that song, I would be a fan. So that's that's really cool to hear, and, and it validates what we do, I think. Any song that you tried just didn't work for a cover? Yeah, you know, we've, I bet you three songs a year, four songs a year, we, we, we get through the stages of working it out and playing it on stage and it just doesn't hit. It, they, sometimes it just doesn't work. You can't, you have to be willing to, what do they say, uh, in the writing world, I think it's like kill your young or something like that. You have to be willing to just like, you put time into it, walk away. I, I think last year we tried, um, Dua Lipa's Don't Stop Now, that just, Great song, just didn't work. Um, I, if I can think of a few, we did like Bruno Mars, Locked Out of Heaven. Didn't work. Uh, we did a Maroon 5 song for a while there. Nope, just, you know, you just, it, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, and you can never predict it. You just got to give it a shot. Yeah, you got to be brutal sometimes in editing down <laughs> what you're trying to do there. Exactly. So, yeah, so I, I love the, the covers. And like I said, if anybody wants to go search you guys out on YouTube, you got some great versions of stuff. Uh, Phil Collins in the air tonight. That was a great one that I just recently saw and you guys put out. Let's talk about the state of Iowa. You guys are focused in on Iowa. How often do you travel outside the state of Iowa? Um, you know, we, we go in a, about a five-hour radius. Uh, we were in Minnesota. Uh, we'll be in Minneapolis here in a couple of weeks. We go to uh, Omaha and into Nebraska. We go into Illinois. We have three big summer shows in Illinois this year. Um, but, yeah, we, we generally stick within about that five-hour, six-hour driving radius. But we also do a lot of private uh, fly-in dates. I think this year we've done three dates where we've flown out of state to play, like, private events. We were in Long Beach, California. We were in Orlando. We're going to Austin here in a couple weeks. So we, we do a lot of that stuff as well. They're just, unfortunately, never public shows. They're just, they're just mm-hmm. private events, you know. 
I know you got to get going here, so we got to quickly kind of wrap this up. But coolest venue in Iowa that you guys have played? Where's what sticks out in your head? Oh man, that's that's so tough because you know what? I think Iowa has some of the best venues, whether they're indoor or outdoor. I think I think Iowa really has some great things going on right now. But if you had to like, man, if you had to start narrowing it down a little bit, I don't know if I could tell you the best, but. Clearly, the uh, the world famous surf ballroom that's a that's an incredible experience to be able to headline a show there. Um, Isn't the history yeah, of oh surf- yeah, it, you can feel it on stage when you're there. That there's just a weird feeling being there. Um, the roof garden up in Okaboji is an incredible new venue that they've redone. The Paramount Theater in Cedar Rapids, uh, Woolies in Des Moines. We we have so much fun at all these different venues that it's it's way hard it's way hard to pick one of our one of our favorites. Well, I tell you what, Mike, we are running out of time here quick. We appreciate all the time that you have given us here. Can't wait to see you guys coming to Carroll this summertime, and uh, it is going to be a party. Yeah, get ready, and we are so thankful for, for the people of Carroll and everybody who dedicates their time to the, how much work goes into planning a RADBRAI. We're, we're so grateful for all the work they do, and we can't wait to, to bring our party to town. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say it, but it's probably going to be the best overnight stop. So let's just go ahead and get it out. <laughs> let's just do that. Forget Des Moines. Forget the 50th. Carol's where you need to be. Carol is the spot. That's where you need to be. All right. Fantastic. Mike Schulte, once again, joining us here with the Pork Tornadoes. Got to see him coming up uh, this summertime. Ragbri right here in Carroll.